Hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 12. Today we're going to do the first deck in our Arc of the Archetype. We're going to start off with Krenko Mob Boss, our aggro deck. It's going to be super great. Now hit our theme song. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Good. Just getting text messages left and right for the super sweet barbecue we're going to have in the next hour. Barbecues are tremendous. You notice uh. how every week... We barbecue after the show. We're going for barbecue and beer every time, yeah. yeah. It, it's Commander excellent. cooking out after the podcast. Yes. <laughs> we say very few, we say a lot fewer, uh, what's it called, cooking references now, and just reference the fact that we are going to go and barbecue and drink beer afterwards. Yep, that's, that is we do it. probably more important than staying on point thematically. I like that as well, and the show is doing well, so I like it. Also, thanks for listening in, because yep. you're the reason the show is doing well. Yep. Uh, if you want to interact with the show, you can check us out at CCO Podcast on Twitter. You don't like the 140 character thing. You can also send us an email at commandercookout at gmail.com. Any of the deck lists we talk about on the show are viewable at tappedout.net. Which Just you can CCO follow podcast. us or message us on there as well. Yeah, don't like one of our uh, lists? Let us know. Yeah, tell us it sucks. Tell us why it sucks. Maybe we can fix it. Yep. And then if we ever find you, we will beat you. Yep, just like those chuds from uh, Snow Covered Lands podcast. <laughs> chuds, that's a new name we haven't called them that's yet. A, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to keep it fresh. No, I like those guys. Yeah, I like them too. Chuds are otherwise. from mercy. <laughs> so, uh, I guess before we start talking about Cranko, I finally decided. Oh. Lord of Tressorhorn. What? I've been looking at Lord of Tressorhorn since like... When did Commander start? Years ago. Just years Ten ago. Ten years yeah. ago? Has it been that long? Uh, maybe not quite maybe that not long. not that long. It's but, been a lot longer than we think it was, though. Uh, it's probably mm. been ten years. Yeah, we've been playing Commander a long time. Lord of Tressorhorn. Four mana, ten four. Regenerator. What? Uh, enters the battlefield ability, though, is when he enters the battlefield, um, you have to sacrifice two creatures, and your opponent gets to draw two cards, and... You lose two life. I'm just gonna play Torpor Orb. Yeah, that's, there <laughs> you go. Do it. Problem solved. Yeah, yep, I don't know thing. if I want to make him Infect Voltron Combo is he, Control. Is he black? Is he red? What he colors? is Grixis colors: black, red, blue. Nice. Yeah, be, it's gonna be, be sweet, yeah. really cool. And uh, he's from Alliances. So he's really old card too, and he still somehow is relevant today because he's got ten power. Now we have Infect. Yeah, it's strange how that works. Last week in our Tainted Strike example, I could just swing in and everybody has to be scared all the time because I could just Tainted Strike you to death at any point in the game. Pretty cool. Yep. Did I tell you that I'm lifting our Turbo Traxa idea, the Turbo Fog, and uh, making an Anafenza deck? Well, we talked about it, but I never fog? heard any of it other than you were trying to find foil fogs and some of them were like 15 bucks. So much money for friggin' <laughs> fog! Tangle from Invasion is... Uh, Six bucks. Yeah, fog and fog. your opponent's creatures don't untap next turn. Yeah, it's a good card, but it's a fog. Yep. Ah, oh, trying to build budget decks these days is insane. I bought I them anyway. If, yeah, F it. I don't know if budget decks is effort. Budget decks exist. That's right. Yeah, you'd think yeah, that fog. They're, they're getting harder and harder. You think turbo fog would be cheap, but no. No. No, we had to go and build turbo tracks to drive the price all up. Yeah, it was all us. Absolutely, it was. <laughs> We have the monopoly on fogs. We should we should have done a fog buyout online. <laughs> then did the Turbo Traxa build, and then sell all of our fogs back to Star City Games. Oh, <laughs> so smart. Yeah. Get some of those horrific-looking uh, Egyptian god cards, whatever they're called. 
Uh-huh. The, it's the Force of Will that you can't read and nobody knows. Oh, so any of them terrible. Are. I hate those so much. They're still pretty cool. I'm going to play, um, or no, I'm going to pick up um, some Amonkhet packs after this soon. We're having our barbecue play openflippy.drinky. Ooh, on our next episode, we will tell you about openflippy.drinky. It is the best party draft game you can play. It is so awesome. It is great. It's, it's one of my yeah, favorite games to play. Openflippy.drinky. Yeah, we invented it. It's great. Yep. And we invented the name. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are we actually talking about today? Cranko Mob Boss Cranko. Aggro. Yep. So, um, Cranko, should we give him a read? Yes. I suppose. So people know. Cranko, we didn't talk about him enough last week. No. Red Red 2, Goblin Warrior 3-3. Three, three. And he's, of course, legendary creature. Tap him. Put X-1-1 one, one, Red Red Goblin creature tokens onto the battlefield where X is the number of goblins you control. He's very good. So, bare minimum, you tap him and you get a goblin. Yep. Then you tap him again and you get two, two goblins. goblins. He's exponential all on his own. Yeah. Now, of course, you don't start with just him as your first goblin, right? Correct. What do you do? Unless you're bad. Um, Give us the rundown, if you will. The rundown of my deck in an ideal world. You go turn one, goblin lackey. Goblin, Solid. Goblin Lackey. Go- Goblin Lackey is a 1-1 one, one for 1. When he deals damage to an opponent, combat damage, mm-hmm. you can put a Goblin from your hand into play. It's just regular damage. Regular damage. Oh, yep. okay. Everybody's in, everybody's in trouble now. Yep. But anyway, that's what he does. And you would drop something, well, any Goblin, really. Ideally, you want to put down a Siege Gang Commander. Siege Gang Commander is a 2-2. Two, two. When he comes into play, you get three more Goblins. So now it's turn two, you've got six guys, plus whatever you've played. Anybody who plays, like, Legacy or Modern, uh, maybe Modern still, but I know Legacy for sure, who's familiar with Elf Ball, yep. this is like Goblin yep. Ball. Or or it's, bas- it's basically Legacy Goblins stretched into an EDH I deck. I suppose that's a deck. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go- it's not really a deck anymore, but it it is here. Stretched into an EDH deck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So, I mean, you, it plays lots of other stuff that kind of takes advantage of you getting dudes into play. We were talking about before we came onto the show, stuff like Perforos Impact Tremors, and we're going to get to those things later on when we get to some of the strengths and weaknesses of the deck. But the goal is to barf out as many goblins as humanly possible, play Cranko, barf out more goblins, and attack with them. Yeah. You win by turning a whole bunch of little dudes sideways. There are a few ways to make them bigger, but for the most part, you're going to win by attacking with... 10 2 1s or 10 2 2s or something. Yeah. Just over and over again, wave after wave after wave of disposable little turds that just get in there for damage. Disposable little turds. Yep. And I think it's worth mentioning right off the hop because we, so far in our previous, I guess, first 10 episodes, we've <laughs> focused on um, lesser built commanders. Yep. This guy is not that. Not at all. This guy on edhrec.com is the most popular mono red commander at the time i made up the show notes for him there was 898 lists which is a lot of lists i think it's probably our most listed commander probably which is fine yeah. minus atraxa of course oh yeah minus atraxa yeah, yeah. yeah i always forget that we did that yeah i want to forget atraxa even exists yes me too so i guess just a tip of the hat that it is a popular deck. Yeah, there's lots of lists out here. Ours isn't super groundbreaking. I play a few cards that maybe some of the other lists don't play, but for the most part, it's basically your standard Cranko list 
which makes it your standard EDH aggro list. Yep. Which is why we're talking about it. Yep. Uh, first deck in the Ark of the Archetype. Yep. Or, uh, I, I dig it, yeah. And, yeah. It, and it wins just like if you listened to our episode last week, it basically wins just like we said an aggro deck wins. It plays a bunch of dudes. It's super susceptible to running out of gas or resources or cards and dudes. And it just wins by reducing your opponent's life total to zero. Regardless of what win condition you use, it wins by reducing life totals to zero. It has one mill card in there because I think it's funny and our meta gets oh, really... Yeah. I got a note on that. Our our meta... The reason I play that, because you're going to ask me about it and I'm just uh, answering yeah, right you now. You already knew. <laughs> yeah. The reason I play that is because A, I have a foil one. And oh, B, so our meta horrible. group, this is us talking about how we, our play styles differ and how my aggro is more aggro-y than your aggro, is people get bent out of shape and they go on tilt when you're milling their cards. Oh, like, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I play a land. Oh, I hate milling cards. Well, tap Cranko. I'll get eight guys. Everybody mill eight. And it's like, oh, I hate Message milling. Message of the week, kids. Milling is just random. Yeah. The cards that got milled might have been on the bottom of your library. Yeah, the fact that it was next, sure, it sucks that you missed out on drawing no, whatever card. Does it? You could have but, missed out. Okay, but get the, this. Okay, instead of the next time you go to mill, instead, and I'm not telling you to break the rules, but imagine if you did this, the next time you get milled, look at the cards that got milled. Do you get pissed off? Yeah, maybe, because you're not going to draw those cards, yeah. but literally just shuffle them back into your deck and mill the same number of cards. Look at those cards. Are you going to get just as pissed off? Yes, maybe. Yeah, it's hard to right? say. It's it's completely yeah. random. Yeah. But it puts people on tilt, which makes people make mistakes, which lets my dudes kind of get in there. It gives me a, a mental edge over... And that's why I play stupid crap Unless like I'm that. playing a graveyard deck, in which well, yeah. case you're going to die. In which case I just wouldn't play that, because <laughs> yeah. I'm not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. I'm not terrible at this game, Ryan. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. I'm good enough that I can play stupid crap like Altar of the Brood. Altar of the that's, brood. that's the card we're talking about, where whenever a permanent comes into play, each opponent mills a card. And it's for each permanent. So you play a land, you mill a card. You get a dude, you mill a card. You make a bunch of tokens with Cranko, they mill a bunch of cards. Yeah. It's it's just there to put people on tilt. It's I, there as a And a, a you know what? For, for that reason, I don't mind it. I guess from a winning more games perspective, um, it could be... I don't have the data to say that that card wins you more games. No, it doesn't... W- it did come into play once. I think it was either you or Geoff played G-Geoff. Doomsday Combo. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. And I activated Cranko and just milled your deck. I've never lost after playing Doomsday. Okay, then it wasn't It must have been Geoff. He must suck at playing Doomsday. Yeah, somebody did that, and it was just, I'll Cranko your library away. Get your Doomsdays, kids. Yes. <laughs> that, but it's just like, thanks for coming. Like, and that's a super rare example. You're probably not ever going to run into that. Yeah. Because they'll kill Cranko before they do that because they know you can do that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just somebody doing something inexperienced and you just finish them off real quick with, with milling. But other than that, yeah, it's just there as a psychological edge. Put you on tilt. Yep. Okay. I, I, I still hate it, yep. but I don't hate it as much. <laughs> it's there for a very good reason. Okay, I should check that off on my what the hell section. Well, is there, there's a whole section on what the hell? Um, no. Oh, excellent. There, there's yeah. a potential cut section. Oh, yeah, there, there is. I want to actually tune this deck to be a little bit more Ooh. aggro-y. That is a thing that I want to do. I'd like it to make it a little bit more efficient and a little bit more resilient, I guess. It's got lots of ways to win, and it's very, very powerful. You look at some of the cards on the screen, as I'm sure you are. 
riveted to tappedout.net CCO podcast. Yes, absolutely. I know <laughs> and, uh, I am right now. Yeah. And it doesn't look Crankle great. Gang Beating is the name <laughs> of the deck. <laughs> well, that's that's what it is. Do I actually play gang beating anymore? I used card? to. I used to play gang beating. Yeah. That's not a card. That's totally a card. That is not a card. Well, let's see if it's a card. Yeah, the card I was thinking of is mob justice, not not gang beating. But mob <laughs> justice basically kind of does the same I'm thing. I'm just gonna. The of. next time you play it, I'm just gonna take a sharpie and white it out. It's called gang beating. I'm I'm down for that. I I think that would be very funny. Also, wizards. I know you're listening to this. Gang beating. Make it happen. Yeah, I don't know if they would print a card called that. Well, maybe they should. Gang beating. One red. Sorry, mob justice. Mob justice. <laughs> red one sorcery. Mob justice deals one damage to target player for each creature you control. Very good in a token deck. Uh, yeah. Why don't more token decks play? Well, lots of token decks aren't red. Yes. Rith the Awakener from last week is red. Yep. You we talked that, about him. You could play her, that in here. Her, I think. It. Let's not classify it. Uh, yeah. We don't know what gender it prefers to be called. Yep. Uh, anyways, off topic. Yeah, yeah, off of that. Let's talk about, before we talk about tuning and, and yeah. um, cutting cards, let's talk a little bit more about the deck. So, okay. instance, creatures, sorceries, all the stats, 43 creatures. Lots of them. Creature deck. Yep. Another Brando creature deck. Yep. Well, you uh, got to have what creatures. What else is new? <laughs> you got to have creatures to make Cranko go. It says right on his card, you need goblins That's to right. make goblins. That's right. And you are stretching the actually some good creatures that... Like you said, um, are in Legacy Goblins, the Goblin Siege. Lackey, Siege, Siege Gang, and uh, what's Goblin Bushwhacker? I like him. He's kicker. When you kick him, all your dudes get plus one, plus zero, and haste. Yep, he's super good. Goblin King, you're playing a bunch of lords, um, Goblin Matron, and other Goblin Tutors. Yep. You are playing Goblin Sharpshooter. Tap him to deal one damage target creature. If Whenever. the creature dies, you untap him. Whenever a creature dies, that's important. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. He's basically machine gun kill all 1-1s. One yep, he's great against other token decks, against and another Krenko yeah. or even an elf before they get going with all their lords. Or And whenever something dies, tap him to deal one damage to a player. Yep. Yep, so you can get, uh, I guess... Get a lot of mileage out of that guy. Yeah, pseudo. When you look at over the course of a game, how much are you getting out of a card, yep. right? That's why I didn't like Alter of the Brood. It's like, how much are you getting incidentally out of this card? Yeah, not right. very much. It's and it's all psychological. Advantage. What or or what's the incidental benefit? I guess the incidental benefit of milling versus the incidental benefit of doing one damage. One damage over the course of a game, many many times, is many many damages. Yes, it's excellent. I like that uh, goblin sharpshooter and the art from the commander version is him with like a little spring loaded hammer gun. Yeah. <laughs> when he pulls the trigger, and like hits from a dude Hot on Shots Part Dieu. Yes. Uh, what else, else is good in here? Ib Halfheart, Goblin Tactician? Tell me about that guy. Ib Halfheart, Goblin Tactician, I believe is a... I can't see him from here. I think he's a 2-2 two, two or something for 4. He's a 3-2 for 4. And you can sack mountains to yep. make more goblins. And when your goblins get blocked, they explode and do 4 damage to anything blocking them, which typically is more damage than the goblin would do. So your little 2-2 two, two gets in there, they block it with a 1-4, and the goblin blows up and kills the thing. Yeah, that's it's, good. It just makes it... It makes the blocking decisions a little bit less cut and dry. Because sure, your guy dies anyway, but the odds are it's going to take somebody with it. Now, let's let's talk about that second ability, though. Sacrifice two mountains, put two 1-1 one, one red goblin creature tokens to play. Interesting that you have to sack two to get two. It's not one for one. It's two for two. Yes, right? which is not the best. And when you talked about impact tremors and perforos, yep. both of them trigger when creature comes into the battlefield under your control and deals damage to something. 
Correct. Creature or player, right? Yep. Um, or all players. All players. It's all players. All players for both of them? Yep. Impact Tremors is one damage to all players. Perforos is two damage to all players. Not you, of course. Opponents, I should say. To each opponent. Uh, to each opponent. Yeah, look at yeah. that. Yeah, they're super good. So, I mean, if you if you really need those last few specs of damage, you can use that second ability of Cranko, or not Cranko, of Ib. Ib. But Ib. Ib is mostly there just to... Interesting that that isn't how I think of it. Okay, so I know you don't... You have a gamble in here, which lets you tutor and then discard randomly. Yep. If you tutored for Cranko or um, Impact Tremors to get those onto the battlefield when you have Ib, there is almost an all-in kind of combo strategy that you could take where you go Ib half art, sack all my mountains, make a bunch of dudes to Impact Tremors and Perforos you, then Cranko all your new goblins, Impact Tremor, and Perforos you again to win. And that's, that's that's an all in. It leaves you no mountains. Yeah, it leaves you in in rough shape. But it, again, if you can win a game that way, it's another way to win a game. Uh, yeah, I you like can, that. You can take games away from from people with stuff like that. That goes back to our conversation last week when we were talking about aggro that has a little bit of combo sprinkled in. It's like Correct. the Montreal steak spice of aggro, <laughs> if yes, you will. It is. I'm thinking about barbecue already. I bought a uh, I bought a pretty thick steak. Oh yes, and some tuna. Can you eat fish? Yep. Not uh, shellfish, as long as it's not a shellfish. I can oh, eat. yeah. So a regular get, fish. You can't can eat, eat shrimp. Correct. So cook the shrimp on the opposite side of whatever I'm cooking for you. Yes. Uh, I'd appreciate that very much. Okay, very good. Noted. Death uh, sucks. I also played Raging Goblin. While yeah, we're talking I, about just creatures. I just saw your mouse over him. I just, I just went yeah. right past it because I was like, oh, yeah, God It's damn in it. there just for posterity. I used to play, uh, what was it, Polymorph. Again, in Constructed, I'd play Polymorph. And just to give my own self some variance and fun, along with all my great big Polymorph targets, I would also play one Raging Goblin. Just to just in yourself. Case. Just in case. Time. And sometimes it would happen and people just, they'd lose it. They're like, it, you're terrible at yeah. magic. Because I'm just playing for fun, so I got this little crappy Raging Goblin. And sometimes you just got to rage. Sometimes you got to do that. just got to rage. Yep. Um, creatures, 43. Instance, sorceries, six of them total. Not very many. Not very many. Uh, any uh, worth note? I'm not. I just, well, we talked about gamble. We talked about mob justice. Vandal blast. Gotta have that. Destroy yeah, Vandal, target artifact yeah. or destroy target artif all artifacts you don't control yeah, if you overload it. Very important. Very good card. Yes. Warp world. Warp world is just there because I enjoy it, and sometimes even you could hit perforos and impact tremors. Even with perforos and impact tremors, sometimes you're going to come into some kind of an untenable situation. Like they have a thing that prevents damage, or you can't. They have a crawl space and a, that land that prevents all damage to them. Sometimes you just you can't win. There are situations with this deck that is it where it can't win, and Don't warp world is there. Cost eight. It does cost eight, but by the time you got to eight, you're gonna you probably have a bunch of goblin tokens that are just sitting there doing nothing, but all of those count as permanents. So when you warp world, you're gonna get hopefully a board state back where you can now could you play the um I, I get the uh the getting the board state back because you have so many permanents in the deck. Yes. Um you're you're almost never gonna whiff Correct. on on even one permanent. It, right? It's it's tough with with impact or sorry with warp world. Um, what about if you played the uh, chaos warp? It's not in here. Uh, chaos warp isn't in there because I only own one and it's in Dang. another deck. That's why it's not in there. No. I'm shaking my head, everybody. I know, I know. Everybody's I'm probably shaking their head, looking at my shoes. Yeah, buy more of the, buy more chaos warps, everybody. They're not so they're not so uh, expensive now. 
Yeah, they're not super pricey, and they're a great card. Okay. And they would go, it would go in there as well. I would keep the Warpool just again because it has gotten me out of lots of untenable situations. Better than any of the red Wraths that do damage? They Wrath me too. Uh, oh, yeah. This okay. lets me come back. Like, this lets me come back swinging from it. Like, sure, I could Blasphemous Act and wipe out my own board and have to try and rebuild, but maybe I'm out of gas. Maybe that Blasphemous Act is the only card in my hand. If Warp World is the only card in my hand, I can possibly come back and possibly win. Uh, okay, so next section, artifacts and enchantments. 17. Any particular of note? We talked about Alter the Brood. Uh, I see a Skull Clamp in there. That's the deck's kind of only card draw. Yeah, there's not um, a lot of card advantage here. Not a lot of card advantage, but maybe lots of token producers. So you are yes. producing virtual card advantage. Correct. Not cards in hand, but... Um, Presence on the field. Yeah, objects on the table. Yep, which right? is important. Which yes. is certainly nothing to scoff at when you've got token producers, Ella, Cranko, and tutors that find you more stuff, that, and Siege Gang Commander. Um, what about new inclusion? You're playing like regular stuff, equipments and stuff. I see a Throne of the God Pharaoh. I like him lots. What of this? Let's read it. It's brand new from Amundkut. Throne of the God Pharaoh is a arti legendary artifact for two. Where's legend? That's great. Ooh. At the beginning of your end step, each opponent loses life equal to the number of tapped creatures you control. Interesting. It gives all of your dudes that you've gassed out your tap and to attack with all your dudes anyway, and then it lets them kind of spread the love, finish well, some people like off. Like late they... double strike. Yeah. Delayed double strike. Yeah. I mean, sure, it's only one, but if you attack with 10 guys, doing 10, 10 damage double to four D people strike. doesn't hurt. Yeah. It's it's a it's a great card and it kind of I think we'll see a lot more play in the future. You pick those up now while they're they're quasi cheap. And um yeah, it is a rare. You got a foil one here, it's like four dollars and thirty seven cents. Yeah. I think it very much speaks to the aggroness, right? You yeah. want to be attacking. How am I gonna get more value out of attacking? Yep. And here that, let's that's make how. Them, let's make them do more damage. Yeah. Um they talked about on Snow Covered Lands on their Lorwyn show that we talked about last week, this week? Yep, last week. Um Dolmen Gate. How am I going to get more advantage when I'm attacking with things? Dolmen Gate. Dolmen Gate's an artifact for two that prevents all combat damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures you control. Yep. Uh, automatically, you don't give a crap about their blockers. You don't care if they have Death Touch or Lifelink or anything. Yeah. Because you're getting in there. Yep. As long as you've got more attackers than they do. And as yeah. long as they're not going to kill you on the crackback. Yes. Right? Very important. Dolmen That's all Gate. part of playing uh, aggro, yep. though. Lands, 33. Ooh, yeah, that's baby. The, that's the spicy meatball of the deck. Yeah, we're going to talk about lands in the uh, maybe where we're going to make some subtle some, changes. Yes. Because you know what I think already. Yes. Get your utility lands, kids. Yeah. Um, Tutors, four. Four tutors. Lots yep. of tutors for you. You yep, don't play very many tutors. Yeah, that's big for me because I want to get that. Tells me the deck knows what it wants to do. Yep, it wants to get your, you got to get your value goblins. That's the end of the, that's the end be all end all of this deck is you got to get your value guys. Like yeah. You can do fine with your dude that gives your so, red guys first strike or a bunch of zero ones and one ones that let you sack guys. But at a certain point, you have to get your dudes to be big. You want them to cost less. You want to have mountain walk. You want them to do. You want them to have haste. You want them to do something where now they're more of a threat than just a bunch of one ones that come into play. And sometimes you just got to hunt for that stuff. Mm -hmm. You, you got to know your deck. You got to know your guys. Sometimes you just need that Siege Gang Commander. You need Krenko. You need Kiki Jiki. You need Zozu the Punisher. You need something, and all of those are there to get you those somethings. 
So we talked about um, Goblin Matron, or at least I mentioned it. Matron searches for a goblin, puts it into your hand. Goblin yep. Recruiter searches for as many goblins as you want yep. and puts them on top of your library. In any order. In any order. Um, Gamble is an instant speed tutor for red. When you search, then you have to discard at random. Yep. So that's a tricky one, but tricky it's a gamble. One, but oh no, sorry, it's a sorcery. It's not an instant. Yep. Search your library for a card, put it into your hand, discard a card at random, then shuffle your library. Uh, what's the other tutor? I have four tutors. Is it Mog Catcher? Mog Catcher. That's it. Yep. yep. Mog Catcher lets you find your goblin from the deck, put it into play. Yep. Search your library and right into play. Yep. The battlefield, if you will. Yeah, if you'll hear us use those terms interchangeably because dang newfangled wording. Yeah, exactly. Kids. Get off my lawn. Yeah, those kids and their new words like battlefield. <laughs> battlefield exile. Yeah. CMC. <sighs> Manwood. Stop saying Manwood. <laughs> um, so tutors. Deck knows what it's gotta do. Yep. It's gonna do it with tutors. Card draw one. Talked about that. Targeted removal. Uh some of the creatures have abilities to deal damage to other creatures. Do you ever use that kind of stuff, or is it just incidental? It's incidental for the most part. There's a couple of things that kind of kill other dudes. Uh, this is kind of this is very goblin sharpshooter, for example. It's comboy in that it doesn't really interact. It's kind of really banking on having that initial explosion of here's a billion dudes die. You know what? I think that that's an expression of pure aggro. Pure aggro doesn't care about how it's trying to be controlled because it's going to continue to try and push yep. just to get in for damage. The, Almost like what combo does, right? Yeah. The, this deck, I've I've likened it when I try to explain it to some, to some people, like trying to get rid of cockroaches in your house. Now, I've never had that, knock wood, but... When well, we trying, live in like northern yeah. Canada. There's not so much yeah. of cockroaches. But when you're trying to eradicate a pest from your house, you got to make sure you get all of them. Because if there's one or two left, they're going to rebuild and they're going to come flooding out of your closet or your cupboard door one day. <laughs> Holy shit, where did all these mice come from? This goblin deck is exactly the same because Cranko can do that all by itself. Yeah, It's slow and it's kind of grindy, but with a couple of cards and just a little bit of time, well, it the, can The build deck up. itself is not slow, but um, yeah. you can continue to put yeah. the pressure on if you get Wrath. You pressure again, yeah. Wrath, pressure again. Yeah. Right? Cranko all by himself can rebuild your board state if he's given the opportunity to. Yeah. And that's not something you can shake a stick at. And so you can afford to be a little bit more, I don't care what you're doing. Because... I'm going to get you eventually. Yeah. Eventually, I'm going to have enough guys, and if you kill them all, I'm just going to make more, and I'm going to keep coming at you and coming at you and coming at you, and that's what the deck is really meant to do. So I kind of was a lax, I guess, on the uh, targeted removal in favor of being able to rebuild faster. Well, you know, when you when you attack with enough creatures, once you start getting lords or the uh, various pump spells or pump enchantments or damage dealing enchantments out, I mean, you just keep attacking in. It's going to help c- control the board yeah. via blocking. You don't block, you die. So it's either stay playing the game or keep no. your creature alive. Yeah. Those are your two options. Your creature survives and you don't. Yeah. Or the creature dies. Yeah. yeah. Rando... Random removal, removal, 101. Yep. Yep. Okay, so spell ramp, dorks in the deck, mana dorks, mana rocks, whatever. Big fat goose egg. Big zero. Zero. Now, yep. converted mana cost, average converted mana cost of the deck, 
2.66. Yeah. On average, any one card you draw is going to cost less than three mana. Yeah. So realistically, you should be able to play the average card in the deck on turn three. Yep. Right? There's a few that cost more. There's a few that cost less. Yeah, Warp World really skews it, I think, just because it's an eight, and I think that that brings my converted mana cost It up. is the only eight. Yeah, yeah, there's one eight, there's one six, and then five, five six fives, 11 fours, 11 threes, 13 twos, 16 one drops. Yep. Yep. There's lots in here that'll... The curve is very nice in the yeah. deck. It, the it's like 17 one-drops if you include the uh, the colorless ones. Yeah. One of which is not Sol Ring, which I know you're going to ask about next. The reason I don't play uh, Sol that's Ring... That's Mana Rock, right? Um, I built this deck using the one-on-one banned list, and Sol Ring is banned in one-on-one commander. Yeah. That's why there's no Sol Ring. It's not because I don't have one. It's not because I don't want one. It's not because I don't think it fits in the deck, because playing Cranko on turn two is way better than Cranko on turn four. Yeah. <laughs> 100% of the time. Yeah. But initially when I built this, it was to do a little bit more one-on-one stuff in case that ever came up, and I wanted to have one ready. Yep. Um, and so eventually... That's a good this, reason. Yeah. I like that reason. Yeah. Um, okay. So a couple lines of play. We talked about it earlier. Let's talk about it again. I want to know how aggressively do you run out Cranko. You say Cranko on turn two is better than turn four. Yep. Um, I want to know... Do you play Cranko on turn four every game when you only have two or three other goblins, or do you wait? Do you play a turn four goblin, play Cranko and a and a one drop the next turn, or how does it work? Super dependent on the board state. Ideally, you want to play him on turn four or earlier every time because, again, he's what allows you to really mass up your forces and just beat in for huge amounts of damage. You're not going to be able to do that without Cranko, so you want to get him out there as soon as you can. Obviously, if somebody's sitting there with clear path mana up and you know he's got like obviously you don't run him in to die you try to get a way of protecting him first giving him haste a swift foot boots or a lightning yeah that's right but for the most part yeah you want to cranko often and you want to cranko as often as you can because he's your he's your engine very uh commander centric building yeah, okay. the deck is really built around Cranko's ability to create more goblins. I think that's common in aggro decks as well, right? You might see a commander-centric uh, control deck a little bit less often than an aggro deck. Um, you might just be using a commander for a certain color set in a control deck, maybe in a combo deck as well. Yep. Um, in a... Yeah, we talked about Sidisi last week. I yeah, just use her for the... Ex- or, yep. or my Lab Maniac Doomsday Aloro deck. Yep. Just plays a Laurel, so I have access to white in addition to blue and black. Yep. Um, in case I need to pull from eternity my <laughs> Lab Maniac. Just in case. <laughs> yep. So most common way to win. I Okay, so we know play creatures, turn them sideways. There are seven lords and other pump effects in the deck. Yeah. Right? Lots of creature token production. Lots of trigger when it enters the battlefield damage and things most common way to win. Are you winning with Perforos? Are you winning with attacking? I'm, I'm winning by attacking with Goblins. Just getting in there. Getting in there. Yep. Um, we were talking about Gamble earlier. Yep. The card that I find, I'm going to say eight times out of ten with Gamble, is Shared Animosity. Shared Animosity is an enchantment for two and red. It makes it so that whenever a creature attacks, it gets plus one, plus O oh for each other attacking creature that shares a type with it. So oh, if yeah. you're attacking with 11 Goblins, all of them get plus 10, plus O. Oh. Yep. Um... So, again, when you're making even four or five goblins with Cranko, that so gets way out of hand. Let's look at this real quick. Shared animosity is 
plus one for each other of the same creature types yep. that's attacking, right? And then um, in, into the web of war enchantment, whenever a creature comes into play under your control, it gets plus two, plus oh, and has haste. Yep. So all of a sudden, all your creatures are getting plus three, plus zero as a minimum yep. if they're the only one attacking, yep. right? For each additional one that's attacking, add another plus one, one power, right? You're already getting damage when those come in from impact tremors as well. Yep. You could go all in with Ib Halfheart, sacking all your mountains on the turn you're going to win yep. to make that many more three ones that give you an additional plus one when you attack. Yep. And then if that still doesn't kill everybody, you play a little guy called, um, oh, put myself on the spot, Goblin Bombardment. Sacrifice a creature. Goblin Bombardment deals one damage target creature or player. Yep. You just made all those guys. You beat in for, let's call it 10, 15 yep. damage a piece. And you're going to sack them all again for an additional yep. 15, 16 damage. So they come in. They do three. They yep. swing in. They do 15 each. They stay tapped <laughs> at the end of your turn. They do one more from the God Pharaoh tomb. Yeah. And then after all that damage is done, you sack them all to kill whoever's left. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Too bad you weren't playing white because then you could have, uh, what is it? Cheese stands alone victory. <laughs> if it's the only thing you control at the end of your turn, you win the game. Oh, oh. That's a good card. Cheese stands. They made a real version of it. What was it called again? Uh, Baron, Baron Glory. Baron Glory. That's right. Which, is, which sounds cool, but way less fun. Yeah, the cheese. Yeah, the cheese stands alone is way better. Yeah. So, strengths, fast, does lots of damage early game. We talked yes. about both of those things last week in our Agro episode. Yep. Doesn't need a lot of removal because blocking is your removal. Yep. Hopefully people are getting um, in the sorry, way. Them blocking is your yes. removal. Um, no enter the battlefield tapped lands. Nope. Because you you need to have your land when they come in. Yeah, super important. Yep. Like I was for a while I was running a Valakut, and the one or two times I drew it, I found I was wishing it was a mountain. Oh yeah. We're gonna like, talk about that yeah. in in the yeah. in the potential cut section because that's one of the ones that I was going to suggest. Just because they're it sounds oh it's too slow. Oh it's commander. Commander is supposed to be a little bit slower, but not this deck. This deck you need your land when you when you draw it, you have to play it and use it. You have to be very, very efficient with the way this deck isn't easy to play. Like us talking about it, it sounds real easy. Yeah. But the decisions are very, very important. Where when you run out, when a, when you run out a creature, when you play a spell, when you put down an enchantment, which land you play when, what spells you play, in, what goes order. back to my question. Yeah. Um, it's very how important. aggressively do you run out Crankle? I guess how aggressively do you run out everything? Anything. At one point, excuse me. At what point, or in what size of game do you? get scared of running too much out, right? Get, five goblins, six goblins, five players, four players. Yeah, some, and that's, again, super dependent on the decks you're playing against because there are times when I'll just barf up my whole hand on turn two, don't care, get in there, just yeah. kill the one guy I know who's going to stop me and then worry about everybody else later. Yeah. But there are other games where you you got to be real careful. you got to be slow and methodical and try and just sort of defend yourself until you can use one of the alternate win conditions we've been talking about mm -hmm. because you know you're not going to be able to get it done with your little weenie guys. So in our spice calculator, I've got this deck's optimal game size listed at uh, four. Yep. I think five-player, six-player games, you're going to start running into one of its weaknesses that it bends over to Wraths. Yep. It doesn't bend over. I know you said you can rebuild because Cranko rebuilds on his own, but yep. without... Ramp and 
with only 33 land in the deck, if you're having to cast Cranko on six and then on eight, yeah. it gets very hard to rebuild, right? The odds are you're not going to cast Cranko on eight. The odds, you're just, you're not. Because you, you can't. Yeah, you hit that point, you got to yeah. come up with another plan. Especially if you sacked anything to Ib Halfheart trying to get the last little bits of damage in and then somebody did something at instant speed. Yeah, or, the Holy Day or yeah. something to prevent holy you from... Day. Or, Holy day or angelic. The one where you can't lose the game. Can't lose the game. And your life can't any go below Any fog effect, any um, end the turn effect, time stop, yeah. uh, any instant speed removal where you were relying on getting an, an additional attacker in prior to um, combat step, right? Yeah, like every creature and every... Or declare attacker step, I should yeah, say. Every decision you make with this deck really counts. You have to really know how to pilot this because it can be very, very fragile to things like rat. Playing aggro isn't as easy as it sounds. It's not just putting stuff on the table, turning it sideways. Yeah. Agro, fragile. I like that. Yeah. Um, you have to be a little bit more uh, delicate. It's like... Uh, it's a lattice. Yeah. It's a very delicate lattice where it, it looks great and it's strong enough, but you pull out the wrong piece at the wrong time and the and whole it all thing unravels. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Um, doesn't like life gain decks. That's the other main weakness I've got. We talked about life gain decks or life gain gaining power in a lack of Voltron meta. Yep. Right? Yeah, and so that's true, yeah. It's when, harder to do 60 than it is to do 40. Exactly. So when you're playing decks like the Aloro deck, I know there's another Aloro deck. F you, Alex, he's coming to the barbecue today. He's probably bringing Aloro, so don't bring Cranko. Um, <laughs> you look over at his life total, and all of a sudden it's like, when did you get to 80? Yeah, it's just because you leave him alone for the game, and he's gaining life all the time, yeah. and nobody's Gaining life every turn, and, and the Aloro decks usually play the controlling game, and they usually play decks that have life linkers in them. Yep. Right? Um, so something to be aware of when you're playing aggro again. Lack of Voltron decks, it's going to be life gain. Target those cards. Get rid of those cards, because as soon as they're gaining life, that negates some portion of your attack. Yeah, it, right? makes it, it makes it that much harder to win. Yeah, especially when you have dudes like in this deck that don't have Trample, for example. You can't yeah. just push through any extra pieces of damage, right? Yeah. Some of them don't even have attack power. <laughs> so <laughs> That sounds terrible in an aggro deck. I know, but they're so good yeah. sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Okay, budget. Let's move on to the budget. Or do you want to do the uh, the spice calculator first? What do let's, you want to do? Let's do the spice calculator. Spice first. calculator. Well, we talked about 898 decks when I made up the notes. 266 average converted mana cost, or 2.66. Yep. Critical turn, I put it, I set it to the turn that you get Cranko. So four. Four, yeah. Yep. If you've got, you know, if Cranko's your fourth goblin, and you can give him Lightning Greaves, the turn you play him. Or you have Goblin Warchief, so you just have or, haste. Or Goblin Warchief is your third goblin, Cranko's yep. your fourth. Give him haste. All of a sudden, now you've got eight goblins on turn four. Turn five comes around because Cranko's been uninterrupted. You've got the thing that gives them haste when they come into play. Yep. Um, eight more from Cranko. All of a sudden, minus Cranko, you've got uh, eight and what, seven? It's 15. 15 goblins, and they're all getting plus two plus oh and or plus whatever plus whatever. Yeah, they're big. And all yeah. of a sudden, you're swinging in. Well, yeah. it's not going to be long for whatever opponent you're playing if on turn five you're swinging for 30. Yeah. Or Cause, whatever. Because right? somebody's eating a shit sandwich at that point. Yeah. And it doesn't taste good. And that was predicated by turn four, Cranko. Yeah. So vis-a-vis, -vis, critical turn, four. Correct. For anybody who's wondering kind of how we arrive at that conclusion when we talk about our spice calculator. Yeah. Uniqueness rating. Ooh. Took a hit here. Took a hit. Not so unique. No. Um, kind of falls 
victim to Zata syndrome in yep. that there's only so many goblins that are of any reasonable quality. Yep. And you do play those goblins. And you play all of them. You even yep. play some of them that aren't of reasonable quality uh, in some yeah. cases. I think that you could maybe drop goblins. Maybe you drop one of the less good goblins because you're playing Kiki-Jiki, right? Yep. Maybe you drop a less good goblin and you put in something like... A mountain. Uh, no, I was going to play Zealous Conscripts. Yep, Zealous Conscript is a card. Do you have a Kiki-Jiki in here? I do have a Kiki-Jiki. Did I not list him? He's listed in there. I he think you're on crack, sir. He's definitely in there. Uh, well, I believe you if he's yeah. in your real deck. Yeah. Maybe you cut Maybe. a crap goblin and put a zealous conscript in there for a combo win. We talked about combo wins going yep. into commander decks last week. Correct, yeah. And he, I even know who's... I'm going to cut the goblin general if he's in there. Not the goblin general. He's a, he's the six drop. It gets you two, two, and he gives you two more guys. So he gives you four power of dudes for six, and then you have to echo his cost, which uh, pays cost again. War Marshal. No, that's, nope. that guy only gives you one. He's like oh. double the Wog, Mog War Marshal for triple the cost, and then you have to pay that cost again. So I'm just going to drop kick him and put it in a jealous construct. Uh, yeah, that's, that sounds terrible. That's going to happen. Like in between now and the next time I see you, that will have happened. So you put in the zealous conscripts and it says when it enters a battlefield, untap target creature, gain control of it, it gains haste until end of turn. Yep. Well, what you do is just target your Kiki-Jiki. Yep. Kiki-Jiki untaps and gains haste, and then you target a zealous conscript again it untaps kiki jiki you target zealous conscripts again rinse and repeat you've got infinite hasty zealous conscripts yeah. till end of turn that's your combo to win yep. and you've and you've won and if you can't attack maybe you have a peripheral certain impact tremors yes gets you there yes too. yes you do <laughs> or if you're being real greasy maybe you have an altar of the brood and you mill them out and you don't even need to attack yeah well maybe you cut altar of the brood for zealous conscripts <laughs> No, the psychological advantage is too strong, man. I'm yeah. telling you, I swear by that. Anybody who plays Cranko, try it. It's really funny. No way. Because you're going to have people in your playgroup who are going to, what are you doing? Quit it. And they get really mad. Stupid noobs. Yeah. Noobs aren't stupid. I just, no. if you're a noob, don't worry about mill. Yeah. You just okay. don't know better. If you're worried about losing one particular card because it's the only way that you can win. Your deck isn't very good. And you well, yeah, play the... Graveyard Recursion. Yeah. Build some redundancy, multiple effects that do the same thing. Um Get something back from your graveyard, shuffle effects, what have you, right? Yep. Um, the other thing that you took a hit on in the spice calculator, four tutors. Four tutors. That's going to get you, right? So yep. all of those things combined to a 21.5 spicy. Not very high. Not spicy. No, that's like sriracha sauce. Uh, not even. Uh, not mm. even sriracha sauce. Uh, not a big deal that it's sriracha or Less than Sriracha. Yeah, the deck is still good. Frank's Red Hot, maybe. Yeah. And okay. for the purposes of being an aggro deck, not being very spicy makes a lot more sense. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part. The milk, milk list? list. Milk list. Okay, so cards that in the color combination that we're talking about are the most common cards on EDHrec.com. Right. In this case, mono red. Let's go through it. Let's do it. Do you play? The number one most common card in mono red at the zero drop slot, Everflowing Chalice. I do not. Mm. Soul Ring. Nope. Mm. Ha. Mindstone. Nope. Chaos Warp. Nope. You maybe would have. Yeah, that one. That one's on the table. I could definitely that's, put that. That's in. the thing, right? Okay. That's a good card. Uh, I'm not going to count it though because it's not in there. Yep. At the four drop slot, Solemn Simulacrum. Nope. Reforge the Soul. Nope. Caged Sun. Nope. Mere Battle Sphere. Nope. At eight. Insurrection. Nope. Hmm. I think that's as high as your deck goes. <laughs> yeah, that's as high as the deck goes. Do you play Mountain? 
Yes. It's the most commonly played land card in mono red. Weird. I know. Who right? saw that coming? That's the milk list. It's my favorite. Milk list matches. I'm going to write down zero. Zero. That's pretty good. Big fat zero. The same number of mana rocks you play. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Budget. The budget of the deck. Now, you've got a bunch of foils in here as per usual. Yeah, this is another one that I spent a lot of time and maybe money on. Actually, I didn't spend a lot of money foiling this deck out because a lot of the cards I got in foil or I already had them in foil. Which, cause I, From I'm when a you mono. played, yeah, when yeah. you played Legacy or Modern yeah. or Extended yeah. before yeah. that. Goblins yeah. I've right? played Mono Red Goblins in virtually every format that they are legal. It doesn't even matter if they're good. <laughs> I've played them. So yeah. I have lots of foils. I have lots of this stuff already just kicking around because I was playing it at the time. Okay. So we're looking at, what do you, what do you think, like 75, 80% foil? By looking at things, yeah, I'd say about that That's much. It's okay. 515 bucks. Yeah. My list said 508, but... Yeah. I saw... I saw here... Um, oh, no. Hey, look at I already counted. Cost includes 71% of the deck foiled. Yeah. 71% of your deck is foiled. Nice. Peeped other Cranko decks on Tapped Out. Nice. And seen that they range anywhere between $120 to $330, depending on what they play. Yeah. So if you wanted to run things like Gamble and Rishidan Port, which you're playing. Yeah, Cavern of Souls is an expensive one Cavern as well. of Souls, which you're playing, you might be in the 350, 330 to 350 range. Yeah, well, even Lackey, I think, is a bunch. Is he still? He Lackey, used to be well, a bunch of money. I don't let's know see here. Goblin, anymore. Lackey, Foil. 16 bucks. Yeah, that's a, from the vault one, I believe. Yeah. yeah I'm not sure what a real one will run you. It'll probably be maybe be a little bit more because it doesn't have that ugly from the vault foiling on it. Yeah. Goblin Guide, Foil Goblin Guide, still 24 bucks. He's probably still $17. Yeah. Guides are not cheap. Yeah. They used to be 30, but they're not mm -hmm. cheap, right? Like if you're running some of the better goblins at Sea Play in Legacy Goblins or uh, Modern Goblins, Modern Red, Modern Red Deck Wins. Yep. You're gonna run that cost closer to that three hundred dollar range, yeah. but all told, for a super popular commander that is really resilient and mm -hmm. fun to play, and all of those things that you want a commander deck to be, it's super budget, it's super affordable. I think so, hundred bucks if you already have a, a few of the cards. Yeah, which you probably do if you've yeah. bought modern cards. There's and lots hundred bucks stuff. isn't if you're if you go through a process when you build the deck not an actual on paper documented step-by-step -step process but if you go through the process of going and checking out what the 5,000 count boxes have at the store you look at your binder you trade your buddies you go down and see if they have maybe a trade day you go on Facebook if you're part of a local group and find the cards yeah you can get them if that's part of the things that you do to obtain the cards in your deck like uh, I know many of the people I do do uh, hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah, and they're easy to like a lot of this stuff. Again, maybe it's just because I am a goblin player. But if somebody was to come up to me and ask for most of the good goblins, I have extra ones. There was a point where I had, I think, seven goblin guides just because I was opening packs <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Um, I have nine. I still have nine goblin ringleaders. Um, I have a foil playset and a non-foil playset of Goblin Warchief and Goblin King just because they're cheap. Like, now you're just you can, bragging. And you know you can just get them. They're easy to find is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. Legacy Goblins has fallen out of favor, so there's lots of those still out there. Pile Driver's cheap now. Yeah, he you, was reprinted. Yeah, you can get lots yeah. of this stuff on the cheap. And again, they're lots of fun to play if, now, if this is the kind of deck you're after. If you wanted to increase the value of the deck, very easy to do that by way of fetch lands. And I know that you have the red ones. Yep. Why no fetch lands in here? Just 
didn't bother with it, I guess. Because I guess we we go to it again. Once you get three land, you're you're like you're okay. You're good. Yep. Right. Just, you draw a random one somewhere in the deck instead of some gas. It's not bad yeah. if you only hit one. And it's not horrible. This is a deck where it's not horrible to draw land. I mean, obviously, when your mitt's empty and you're drawing land, you don't want that to happen. But I don't run into too many situations where I'm like, oh, I drew an extra mountain. Because mm. having a little bit more to play more stuff You could stuff always your mountains away. Yeah. Ib half hard them away. Okay. It never hurts to have them. Well, we talked about tuning the deck a little bit. Maybe fetch lands to help thin it out if you, yep. if you find that game after game. Well, and again, 33 land is not very many. It's but not very many, you know. Maybe... I don't know. Yeah, even mulliganing with this, like if you want to, you don't use, do you keep the one lander with the lackey in it? Ooh. Do you keep the two lander with, with the instigator, instigator in it? Instigator in it? Do you, like, what do you keep? Cause I you think go- you keep a two lander in this deck, right? Oh yeah. Mind you, 33 land, keeping a two lander, like it doesn't leave you that many land to draw into. If you keep a two lander in like a deck that has 38 land, there's certainly way more land to draw yeah. into, right? It's 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 tricky sometimes. You get oh, those opening hands like, oh, is this is this four land in my opening hand? It must be Christmas because mm-hmm. you don't need to draw any more land after that. I see. Okay, so moving on from fetch lands, what if I'm looking at lightning greaves and swift foot boots? Yep. Lots of stuff has haste, and there is one or two haste enablers in the deck already right. that give haste on top of if they have it or not. Maybe. Is there other aggro equipment? They are in Could there. Could you play Umazawa's Jite? Last week's card uh, of the week. They are not they are not in there to give haste. Okay. They are in there to keep Cranko from getting passed. Ah, okay. They are because like we were talking about earlier, you can't you're not gonna play Cranko one eight. You're just not. Commander centric aggro deck. Yep. So the, the goal is to keep him alive, and those are the also it gives him haste, I guess. So you can you grieves him, you tap him. Same turn, you're Same turn, off yeah. to the races. That's right. And they can't path him, they so can't You wouldn't want to cut mortify. those for something like Ruby Medallion or Ruby Diamond, Correct. making your red spells cost less or giving you ramp. Because keeping all that spot removal off Cranko is worth way more. Okay, the next thing I thought is mountains. Okay, so you're playing 33 lands, 31 of them are mountains. Yep. And I know that you touched on no enter the battlefield tap lands, so maybe Valakut, which I had written down, isn't the best answer. Yeah. Also, you don't really have enough land to support playing Valakut. Oh, that could be a thing too, yeah. right? Especially if you're going to play into the other utility lands that I'm suggesting. Sure. Some of which don't provide red mana, so maybe you should talk about how much you need red versus any color colorless for the most part every card needs red so you got to have your mountains you need red red on turn two yeah at the very least you need red red on turn four because cranko exactly and i don't like i wouldn't of course suggest 25 colorless utility lands so you wouldn't have red red by turn four like for a while i played mutavault in here just to it's another goblin it's another dude it lets you rebuild quicker yeah mutavault was on the list for sure uh, Richard and I guess I played Richard and Richard Port. I and played Port. Wasteland and I played uh, Strip, Strip Mine. Both on the list. Yeah, I played both of those for a little while. And <laughs> I you just do, you do sacrifice those, right? Yeah, and that's why I took them out because uh-huh. now I'm down land. I played Ghost. I played all that land removing land. You played stuff. Ghost Quarter, yep. um, Cyclers. I guess the cycling lands come into play. Tap. Yeah. The yep. Um, Forgotten Cave yep. cycles for a red. Yep. Draws you a card. Yep. And that was another one. I actually did play that, and it was one of those situations where I drew it and it's like. Son of a bitch! Like, yeah. and then you cycle it away, and you draw not a land, and now you're down a land, and you have a card that you can't play, and you've wasted a mana on cycling something, yeah. and you only have probably four or five lands in play. Exactly. Okay, I get that. Goblin burrows. 
you tap it and pay some amount of mana to give target goblin plus one or two? Uh, I'm aware of the land. Um, I think that might just be one where I either didn't have one or... It is from Onslaught, which I appreciate very much. Yeah, I think I'm aware of those ones. I just don't have one. I want to... What is the... Nykthos? I want one of those. I would yeah, appreciate Nykthos one of those. Yeah, for sure um, gives you two... Choose a color, add mana of the chosen color equal to your, to your devotion of that yep. color. Which you can... You're, you're not going to have a ton, but you're going to have more than two. Yep. So... Anything that'll incrementally increase your your, yep, your land. There's sure. some lightning coming over here, just oh, by the by. Not good for the barbecue. I thought of Hanweir Battlements as well. Taps for a colorless or red and tap it. Target creature gains haste until end of turn. Not terrible. Yep. And Goblin Burrows, of course. The Goblin Burrows is two and tap it to give target goblin creature plus two plus oh. Doesn't come into play tap. That could be a thing. And then the other thing I thought of, because I knew how light the deck is on land, what about Command Beacon? Ooh, Command Beacon taps for colorless or tap and sack Command Beacon. So you do have to sack it. Okay. Put target, put target, put your commander into your hand from the command zone. Actually, I like that. Ooh. I never even, I have one of those too. Command I, Beacon. That's a good one because it gets you around one. the, you're not going to play Cranko at eight. Yeah. What are you going to do when you have to play Cranko at eight? Put them into your hand there and play them for four. Maybe, yeah. maybe you toss a couple fetch lands in here to taste and a command beacon and call that your tweaking. That could be. I mean, I'd like to maybe add a land or two somewhere, maybe, because mm-hmm. um, it'll give me a little bit more reach. Mm-hmm. But it's it's hard to cut stuff because everything in here right now, with the exception of Raging Goblin, really serves a defined purpose purpose we talked about that last week when we said make sure that things that go into your deck have a reason to be in there yeah raging goblin while he is a goblin doesn't necessarily serve a purpose yeah, you could def- he's a one one for one right? yeah he's a one one haster for one and you could do better for one mana yeah you could play goblin guide which i do you could play but- solar ring and ah, no, you probably wouldn't yeah yeah i still kind of want to have the the one-on-one legal uh, oh yeah that's deck. right yeah. i forgot about that it is my french commander yeah. French command, I don't know what the hell they call it that. Anyway. The other one that I thought in here, and this is just off the cuff kind of, Zozu the Punisher, 2-2 two, two for red, red, one. Yep. Legendary Goblin Warrior. Whenever a land enters the battlefield, Zozu the Punisher deals two damage to that land's controller. Yep. Uh, kind of interesting when you're talking about Warp World. Yep. If you Warp World into a Zozu and then hit a couple lands because your deck doesn't have that many, yep. Somebody else warp worlds and gets a bunch of lands because they're playing decks that have a regular number of like 36 to 40 lands in it. They're yeah. chancing on taking, you know, two, four, six, eight damage. Yep. Um, is he that good? He's a two, two for three. So he doesn't yeah. even like his power to convert a mana cost ratio is not even that great. He's not great in general. He is great in this deck. For the same reason that I play Alter the Brute. Because people mm. hate him. And there are people who will avoid taking those two damage. Really? Play I've seen like people will play their Terramorphic Expanse and be like, oh, and they, they pause. They, you can see the thinking, oh, do I really want to take four? Or they have a fetch land. Do I want to lava axe myself? That's so terrible. And it's, The answer is you do. Yes. FYI, yeah, you, because it's land. Land is more important than taking two. Yeah, depending on what deck you're playing, of course. Because 
Taking five is not insignificant when you're looking at a deck like uh, this. Yeah, no, yeah. The, five is... Yeah, and if you... Let's say you get a shock land because you're just having a really bad day. <laughs> like, I'm going to seven myself. Like, you've done 25% of the work for me. Yeah. And I've only played one card. And you just effed yourself up real bad. That is seven. If you play a fetch land, yeah. you take one. So you take two from Zozu. Yeah. Take one for cracking it. Take another when it gets you a... Uh, a shock land. Yeah. And then if you put the shock land into play untapped. Untapped, it deals two more. Yeah. So it's like that that's never gonna happen. Nobody's ever gonna do that. I would do it just to spite you and then beat you. <laughs> you probably wouldn't beat me at that point though, because you're way behind. I would if I caught a white shock land and path your Cranko. <laughs> <laughs> path away, sir. Path away. Okay. Good. Zozu. He's, he's not. He's, he's another uh, yeah. tilt card. Yes, tilt card. Yeah, he's there to give me the the mental edge. Here's a question for the listeners, for you, for anybody: Are do tilt cards have a place in aggro decks? Do tilt cards have a place in EDH? I think that they have a place in EDH. Definitely. Where do tilt cards have the most resounding effect? Ooh, Ooh that's a good question. Where do they? Where do they have the most? Where do you get the most bang for your buck out of a tilt card? If I'm going to answer that question, I would say in, well, for me, it would definitely be in that aggro deck because, again, it gets people off their game, gets people off their rocker because you're doing something. Aggro's got a very clear-cut path on what it wants to do. It wants to kill you. Yeah, And you're doing something kind of, it's outside the box, it's around the course. Like, why are you even doing this? Like, what are you doing? You're just doing that to be irritating. Now I'm irritated and I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to counter the wrong thing. I'm going to counter your thing when I should have countered his thing and his thing is going to damage me, which helps me. Uh, like they're going to counter my. I understand what yeah. you're saying, but I don't yeah. like it. I think I think the two tilt cards you have in here are better served yeah. as other aggro cards. And the, That's and what I think. In a lot of cases, you're right. It's just I've used them to such great effect. I'm like if I get you got to play the board yeah. certainly. Yeah. If I get I like my that. Zozu countered so that Fu Joel can resolve a Grave Titan. And then punch Fu Evan in the face with it. <laughs> I'm okay with that because that's six damage that Fu Evan's taken, and I can get around two two twos. I'm okay with that. Yeah. None of those examples involved me getting my thing countered or hit. Right. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like I lost a sure I lost a thing that might be a little bit overcosted because it's annoying. But what it does is it frees up somebody else to kind of do something. And again, it's table politics. It's not. Not every game is going to be won by you crushing every other player at the table. Sometimes you need a little bit of help. Yep. And if you can throw people off and get them to help you, you're you're not doing bad because you're fast enough that you can sift in through the cracks and you can make people pay for being good guys. Yep. There is the Brando monologue of the day. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. What else do we need to know about Cranko? That's what I always ask you when we're doing one of your decks. Cranko is my very, very, very favorite deck, Ooh. I think, because he has he's the deck that I've been playing the longest over every iteration, and when I finally had an opportunity Longer to than do, Snakes? That was one of your first decks. Yeah, it was one of my first decks, but I've been playing Goblins. They're not Cranko, but oh, I've been I playing Goblins yeah, yeah. forever, and they're, like one of, they're, old as, they're as old as Magic. And so if you want to play some really classic... I think at the first World Championship of Magic in... At Gen Con in 1993, a Goblin deck won. 
boom. And I think that it was playing Goblin King, the old shitty art with the the just the just face. the screaming face, the crappy crown on it. Yeah, uh, I think anybody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that that's what the that's what the first deck that won a Magic tournament actually played. There you go. So it's old. It's as old as competitive Magic. And if you want to play just a good solid, what is an aggro deck? Krenko is an aggro deck. And he's not a one-trick pony aggro deck. He's a really, really good one. So if you want to play high-end magic, you want to play high-thought magic at a low price, and you want to be competitive and have people shit their pants when you bust out the deck, <laughs> Krenko Mob Boss is the, the goblin for you. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's a sales pitch. Uh, what of next week? Next week, I think we're doing Control. Are we control. Doing control. Control is next on the, the list, so we might as well just do it next. Yep. If anybody has any good control ideas, let us know, or else you'll be getting another episode that sounds like this one. Yeah, we'll be brewing some control. I don't have a control deck, uh, so we can't do one of mine, so it's going to have to be one of yours, or I'll, we're going to have to get together and build something. I will pick one of those child that, what you said. <laughs> <laughs> let's just do, what's it called? Let's do Grand Arbiter. Grand the, Arbiter. Oh, I the, don't have the list anymore. Well, let's. we're going to build a new Grand Arbiter Augustine, the whatever, for next week. I don't know if I want to commit to building no. something else because I'm building Lord of Tressorhorn right We're, now, and that's where kind of all of my magic building mind is going. Where the hell are we going to get another control deck? I've got other control decks. And that are that are control control decks? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know what they are yet. But we're going to play one. All right, we're going to get one. Sweet. <laughs> so we're going to do a control deck. We don't know what it is. It's going to be a surprise. Yes. Surprise control deck. Yep. Yes. We're going to do it next week. Is there anything else we're going to do next week? Uh, follow us on Twitter, CCO Podcast. Yep. Also, two weeks in a row, I've totally forgotten to tell the story of what kind of got me to suggest the arc of the archetypes to you. Oh, was... no. We had we had to tell a story this week, didn't we? Yeah, Smitty was going to... Or should we just tell it at the end of the episode? Should we just tell it at the end of the episode? Let's just tell it. I'll tell the story. Okay. So the reason that I suggested this arc of the archetypes to Ryan was F.U. Smitty. Smitty built yep. a deck out of a crappy third, three, uh, what is it? Portal Three Kingdoms. Portal Three Kingdoms General. Uh, what's his name? Zoju the Butthole or some crap. Anyway, he's an 8-8 eight, eight for 7 mono blue. Can only attack if defending player controls an island. Zhao Yu, chief commander. There it is. And you look at it, and it's like, what the hell kind of deck is this? Like, what is that? What? How do you play that? And I immediately looked at it and thought, oh, it's a Voltron with a really neat build challenge. Because you have to build a Voltron deck, then you have to challenge yourself to find a way to give your opponent an island so you can beat him to death with your Voltron general. He has island home. I think that's important that they actually keyworded that ability at one point in Magic. Yes. Uh, Zhao Yu can't attack unless the opponent has an island in play. Yeah, so you can play things like Spreading Seas and uh, Flying Thrush or something. Uh, oh, Dream Thrush. Dream Thrush. Yes, and makes target basic land the in, into the basic land type of your choice. It's blue. Yeah, and and like it's got two lists on EDH rack, and I think Smitty picked it because it had no lists, and he wanted to challenge himself to build something. But he went in more with the "I want to challenge myself to build a bad general," and didn't come at it with the idea "I want to build a Voltron deck." This is the general I'm going to use. Here's the challenge I'm setting out for myself. I think he had it backwards where he set it out the challenge first, and then he tried to just shoehorn some blue stuff together with some island creating stuff. And then had an 8-8 guy that he could play sometimes. 
mm-hmm. and so it's not really focused. Um, but the so deck I is, say have a plan, right? Yep. Tell Very tell important. yourself or ask yourself what you want to do when you're building a deck. Exactly. Yep. And, and then we'll, that that gives everything a purpose when you put it in there. Do you say does this satisfy the checkpoint of what my deck wants to do when you put a card in, like yes. Dream Thrush? Does this do something that makes my opponent get an island? Yes, it does. And it goes. And it goes in. Yep. And then it's a 1-1 flyer. That is terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> but in this deck, again, you got your Voltron suite. Yep. General, right? In he goes. And, and that's what you want to do. But yeah, that, I, I just wanted to tell that story because it's kind of the impetus for this whole thing. And now that we're two episodes into it, I might as well tell you where it came from. Um, speaking of things that are coming from somewhere, we're going to have a control deck coming out of our butts on the next show. We barbecue! Woo! Thanks for listening, and play our theme song. Woo!